Are you no, saying space is. is not amazing? No, space is amazing. It's amazing. It affects us all. <laughs> it does. You know, what people don't know about space is yeah. it's all around us. What? Yeah. If you looked at a picture of the Earth, it would literally seconds. be all around us. That is so deep. Yeah. Very, so deep. Just like space. Space is deep. Did you know there's deep space? I think it was Sarah Gonzalez who said it was just as like what happens when you have like a book report and you didn't do the work and you're like trying to do a speech about it in front oh of a class. Oh my gosh, that is so it's, right. It's exactly that is how it felt. so yeah. right. Uh, yeah, I tell you, the, the depression, the depression, it was depressing. Yeah. It was, Ooh, it was long. It, we all know how, the impacts. How do we, how do we, th- depression, how do we think about something like that today and that's the question we have in case Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Last night, I did a special on what is being taught in our schools, uh, the comprehensive sexuality sexuality education. It's actually, as you look into it, under um, a whole different thing. That's why they can say they're not teaching critical race uh, theories. They're not. Because there's an umbrella that affects the math, the history, and everything. And all of those concepts are all now in the textbooks, completely unrelated, if you will, to CRT. It's just the same exact ideas, just made into math problems. That's how it's being taught. And our schools are on fire right now. I wanted to give you uh, a little bit of hope of a couple of people. One is a, uh, a local person that is running for uh, her independent district school board. The voting starts next week. I just wanted to talk to her because she, I think, started out kind of like average parent. You know, didn't really know there was a problem until she started attending some of the, uh, uh, some of the school board meetings. And they started saying, yeah, this is not your meeting. This is our meeting. So sit down to the parents. Then I want to introduce you to a guy who is uh, who is running the uh, the um, education department in Oklahoma. He came out with something yesterday where he was telling this the schools in no uncertain terms, you're not to do this anymore. And I haven't heard anybody that frank in a very long time. He'll join us too. All this hour, we begin in 60 seconds. You know, I've been saying for a long time, the dollar is going to be devalued by our Fed. 
and there will come a time when we will be so weak that the rest of the world will say, go now, 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 now. We're living those days right now, and we're seeing our dollar being weak and our president being weak and our Fed in so much trouble and our enemies around the world are dumping our dollars right now. We've got stacks and stacks of cash. Imagine stacks and stacks, but you can't buy anything with it because it's worthless. That's the world we're headed for with the US dollar. And I think it, it may have, you know, longer than I think, but a shorter period of time than we would all hope. Please put yourself into a situation to where you have something left in the end. Gold or silver is the hedge against insanity, against currency collapse, hyperinflation, all of it, just inflation. It will hold the value of your dollar. Call Goldline today. Find out about their specials on graded $5 gold Indian head coins. You could be eligible for free platinum, but you also have to call to find out how to qualify. So just call them right now. Do your own homework. 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE. Or goldline.com. We want to uh, welcome to the um, to the program Stephanie Allod. Uh, she is running for the uh, Texas School Board uh, position, uh, and that voting I begins uh, begins I think Monday the twenty fifth, which is next Monday, right? Stephanie, welcome to the program. Thank you, Glenn. I, I wanted to put you on because I wanted to um, use you as an example of somebody who is just a normal person. Uh, just a parent that started seeing problems and you're getting involved. So tell us your story, Stephanie. Sure. So I actually moved to Texas about nine years ago. I live in Frisco. So it's the Frisco Independent School District. And my husband and I moved here nine years ago. I was born and raised in California, lived there my entire life. and, And we moved here due to my job promotion. And when we were trying to select, you know, community to join and be a part of, we had to we have two kids who are still in Frisco schools. They were much younger then. Everywhere we went, we heard Frisco ISD was the best school system in North Texas or one of the best, right? So we, husband and I, we wanted to do the best for our kids, of course. And so we said, I guess we're moving to Frisco. And so we did. And the first few years, it was really amazing. And, and we couldn't believe our luck. And then we started to notice some things and we didn't really know, you know, maybe that's just how things are, you know, as our kids got older, um, and then we started to notice some more things. And then I think like a lot of parents in COVID, during COVID, we really started to notice some things about how, how things were run, what was going on, what, what they were teaching, what they weren't teaching. And so I decided to show up to a board meeting last April, actually. Um, and as I was sitting in the audience waiting, you know, very politely for my turn to speak, the school board president at the time said, this is our meeting. And he said it kind of rude. And he said it a couple of times. And I thought, wait a minute, isn't this supposed to be the community's meeting? Isn't it our meeting? I was really kind of flabbergasted, quite honestly, by the comment. So instead of reading my prepared comments that I had brought with me, um, I decided to talk about that. And so I said, you know, you said this was your meeting. And I don't, I don't think so. I think it's our meeting. And I think the people who've been sitting here for that point, almost three hours, deserved a little more respect than that when they were spending their time trying to be involved in their community. So that's what kind of started this. 
for me. And then I started, you know, just, I was also interested. I'd been hearing about the CRT thing in the news, right? Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to make sure we weren't doing that in Frisco. And I was assured, oh, no, we're not, we're not doing that in Frisco. We would never do such a thing. And then I started looking and I, and one day um, I went on the board's website and I read their board priorities and they have one specific priority about equity, diversity, and inclusion. Mm-hmm. And one of the bullets underneath that said, work to eliminate unconscious bias and support equity and social justice through institutional leadership. And that yeah. sounded a lot like CRT to me. Yeah, it's got, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of buzzwords there. <laughs> yes, in one sentence. Yeah. There's a lot. So you saw that, and when did you decide you have to be involved? Well, I think in that moment where they said, this is our meeting, I think something inside of me just fundamentally shifted. And I just got, I I was, I couldn't believe that that's how our, you know, so-called elected leaders were treating us. And there was never any apology or clarification either later in that meeting or, you know, afterwards where we said, where someone said, you know, actually it really is all of our meetings we didn't mean to communicate otherwise. There was none of that. And I realized that's how they really think, like we're subjects or something. And so at that moment, I knew I had to do something. I don't think I knew I was going to run, but I knew I had to do something. Mm. So it, I started meeting with other parents who were equally concerned. We started to learn about some of these, you know, CRT-inspired assignments. Um, at the next board meeting in May, there was a parent who came who read from his son's assignment and the writing prompt for his eighth grade middle schooler was um, basically the the prompt was, you know, was assumptive that we're a systemically racist society. And so he came because he was very offended and upset by that. And he wanted to bring it to the board's attention. He also filed a formal grievance about the assignment and nothing was done. So it just sort of snowballed from there where parents wanted to do something and we had dozens and then it turned into hundreds and then it turned into a Facebook page of over a thousand parents and community members who've kind of had enough and who, who want to do something. And so in the midst of all that is when I decided to run for the board. So Stephanie, have you found uh, SEL social emotional learning in the district? Yes. Well, they, they talk about that all the time and they're implementing it and they're, they're quite proud of their efforts in that regard. And I just learned at the last board meeting that they've, they've approved some kind of program. I haven't had a chance to really dig into it yet because I'm in the midst of the campaign, but they basically approved a program that's going to, you know, survey students and, and ask how they're feeling and their mm-hmm. emotions and, you know, things like that. And that is obviously of concern. And I know that parents can opt out and I will be opting, you know, my, my kids out. But well, it, it, people don't know. Go ahead. What people don't know. No, no. Well, they just don't realize what's really going on. And they don't know that these things are even occurring, let alone, you know, how problematic it can be, because they can ask questions like, you know, do you have a trusted adult you can talk to at home? Right. You know, well, those kinds of questions can be very invasive. And we've seen, you know, I haven't seen a ton of that in Frisco yet. I've seen little bits and pieces. But you see where, you know, the schools sort of come in and start to sort of take over the role as, as the parent. And you see, mm-hmm. we've seen those things. I'm from California, so I hear about this stuff all, all the, time. the time. Yeah. And so, again, I haven't seen a ton of it in Frisco. I've heard little bits and pieces, but I'm just afraid this kid so, could make it worse. And I also, you know, my big thing, Glenn, too, is that 
I really just want the schools to teach my kids math and science and, you know, Spanish and whatever else they're taking and focus on academics instead of all of these other character building things. I mean, let's let's be nice to everyone. Let's treat people with respect, right? Everyone should be treated with respect at school and have some, you know, behavior standards. We shouldn't bully. We shouldn't do any of those right. things. But we also don't need to be spending time and resources on things other than the academics because while we're doing that, our academics are falling off a cliff. So here is the here's the interesting thing. I just did a special last night on SEL, and I urge you to watch it because this one comes from the CDC, and then through the board of I mean uh, the um, Department of Education to our schools. And it's the reason why they can say, "Oh, we're not teaching that sexuality stuff. We're not teaching uh, uh, CRT because it's embedded in everything." And so you'd have math problems that are dealing with, you know, social injustice. Uh, And it's it's everywhere. Uh, um, uh, Social emotional learning, SEL, is, I think, the key to understanding all of it. Uh, There might be something bigger than this, but this is coming right from the the uh, CDC. And it's our whole government is involved. I mean, I I just you've got to get on the parents like you have got to get on the school board and uh, I don't know, take on the teachers union and the rest of us have got to start standing up uh, and uh, demanding that the Department of Education is abolished because it's it's a poison right now. Well, I think in Texas, the larger issue is really the Texas Association of School Boards. Um, They're actually a bigger concern of mine. And as you may know, there are over 20 states, I think it's up to 22 or 23 states now, who have left the National School Board Association because of, you know, the stance that they took on calling parents like me domestic terrorists, right? Texas is not on that list. Texas has not left the national school board association california has and texas hasn't that's embarrassing to me i I will tell you i think it's californian and current texan it really is stephanie Stephanie, people like you are more awake than texans that have grown up here they're just so numb to it all they're just like it ain't gonna happen here and it's happening right under their nose and they're not getting involved because they've just grown accustomed to being texas the people who are coming in for the right reasons, you know, you might move here because your job transferred you, but you also were happy to escape California and you know what you know what that looks like. You guys are on the front lines in Texas. It's really vital that people like you that understand the state you came from take this one uh, by the reins and say, uh-uh, don't go that way, because most Texans, I don't think, get it. Well, that's such a good point because um, because I am from California, I see this stuff a mile away. I see the seeds of it and how it starts and how it grows. And, you know, we moved to partially, yes, because of my job promotion, but we had been talking about leaving California for a couple of years prior to that. And when all this stuff came up, you know, like I said, the first few years, we kind of lived in a bubble. We thought we were kind of done with all this. We were in Texas. We were safe. Right. But then we realized we weren't. And so my husband and I looked at each other and they, we said, I guess we better get involved and fight here because where else are we going to go? So that's what we're doing. 
Good for you. Um, I'm sure there's no polls or anything, but if somebody wants to uh, find out more about Stephanie, if you happen to live in the Frisco area, it's uh, Stephanie, the number four, F-I-S-D dot com. Stephanie, good luck with your uh, campaign and your election. God bless. Yes. Thank you so much. You bet. Bye-bye. Let me tell you about Blinds.com, give you a little something to get excited about. Blinds.com is having a massive sale right now. You can get huge deals on energy-efficient window treatments that are going to help you save money now and throughout the year. Whether it's their cordless cellular shades, which are made from recycled water bottles, or their premium solar roller shades, which will protect your home without obstructing your view, you can block out a lot of the sun and the heat, and that's going to matter when your electric bill comes around. Blinds.com is making it incredibly easy to change the window treatments inside and around your home. Whether you shop online or you want to speak to a design consultant, no matter how many window treatments you order, you always add professional installation for one low cost. Blinds.com, the number one online retailer for a reason. This, well, they have 40,000 five-star reviews because they are the best. It's Blinds.com. Go there now. Save up to 40, uh, 40% site-wide during their Earth Day sale. Go to Blinds.com. 40% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 10 seconds. Station ID. You know, I just don't know what to what to do. And I think I feel like most parents that, you know, dude, I am fighting for my life. I get home at the end of the day and I feel just like everybody else. And I'm living a pretty good life compared to the average person. And even I come home and I'm beat at the end of the day. I feel beat up. I feel like I've been in a war. Yeah. And then, you know, your kids are home and they're doing their homework and they've got my two teenagers. Oh, dear God. Uh, and, you know, you've you've got all of that drama going on in your house, plus anything else that's happening in your life. And you're like, oh, wait, I've got to go to a school board meeting. I got to what? Or if somebody says you got to pull your kids out of school. Right. And how am I going to do that? What am I going to do? That's, I think most oh, yeah. people are like that. And so they just kind of bury their head in the sand because they don't know what to do. And I'm not telling you what the right thing to do is in your case, but you have to understand your kids are being indoctrinated. Unlike anything I ever thought before, this is, this is clear grooming and indoctrination. It's frightening. It's interesting, though, that I think the left has reached so far so fast that they have taken people who may have just let this stuff go by and not even noticed it and turned them into people who are running for school boards. Yeah. You, you, you know, if they would have taken another 10 years to just slowly drips yeah. and drab this out, but they do, they're doing exactly the same thing they did around 1918. They just started going crazy. And Woodrow Wilson was just pushing all this out and people saw it and they were like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I'm not for all of that. And that killed the progressive progressive, uh, movement until FDR relabeled it as just liberal. Didn't talk about progressivism anymore. 
just good old liberalism, which they had changed the definition and applied the progressive meaning to the label liberalism. And that wiped out that movement for a decade. Oh, yeah. And then they never admitted that they were progressive until the 2000s. Yeah. Almost 100 years. Right. Uh, they still did a lot of stuff that pushed yeah. it that way, but it did really ruin them for a while. And I think that, you know, I think that's going on. There's certainly that battle is going on right now I mean, because people it's, who are not involved are completely involved now. It's, it's affecting everything. It is affecting your paycheck. Mm-hmm. It is affecting the price of your groceries, the price of your home, your your gas price. Yeah. It's telling you what movies you can watch and can't watch, who you can listen to and not listen to, what you can read and not read. It's affecting your sports, your entertainment. It's affecting your your children. I mean, it's everything now. And so no matter where you turn, it's a progressive wildfire. Yeah, Elon Musk pointed out that you know Netflix is becoming impossible to watch because of the woke virus that's inflicting it. At the same time, they're announcing a new series about uh, men who are pregnant. That's also crazy. And at the same time, they're seeing the first drop in their subscribers and a 30% drop in their stock price. Yeah, and uh, they had a 200,000 subscriber drop the last quarter. They're expecting a 2 million subscriber drop in second quarter. That's remarkable. That's remarkable. And I, don't, I mean, look, there but are I just other wa- factors that play there, but that's a big one. I, mean, I will tell people you. People don't want to watch it anymore. I was watching a show. My wife and I, I don't remember what it was. We watched it and it was like, you know, eight episodes and we got to seven episodes in. It was great. And the last episode all became about global warming and political correctness and all this crap. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, I wanted to go. Fi- I wanted to drive to Netflix and file a complaint. <laughs> You've wasted, you know, eight hours of my life, and this mm. is what it is in the end. It's just, I think people are just really getting sick of it. Really getting sick of it. And the people who used to just, ah, just not say anything. Let's not. It know. wakes people up when they oh. try to do it this fast, this hard, going for everything they want all at the same time. It yep. is the thing that tends to wake people up. That's why I said earlier, we're at the end of the progressive era. We're back to the revolutionary era. Once you get so far, the Marxists are unmasked and that's the it. Back program. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. You know, Americans don't trust anybody anymore, and I understand that. I don't trust anybody either, and I don't ever ask for your trust. Um, I want to earn your trust, and I urge you to look things up for yourself and do your own homework and never take my word as gospel. Um, I believe in American financing. I have found, Stu has found, Sarah has found, Pat has found. We've all used American financing. I've, uh, they've been a client for about 20 years. Um, and uh, we've all used them. And we've all had good experiences. I've had friends that have used them. Great experiences. And not because they threw around names. We just called as regular people. American financing They are the people that I think, well, at least they're the people I can trust to give me the straight deal when I'm doing something like a refinance or a new mortgage or, or, you know, trying to get my credit card debt down. It's American Financing, 800-906-2440. Just call them, spend 10 minutes, tell them what you're trying to do and see if they can help. AmericanFinancing.net.
Speaking of reaching too far too fast by the left, The Great Reset is available now at glensnewbook.com. I saw a letter that, honestly, I want to frame and hang in my office. I love it so much. It was from the Office of the Secretary of Education uh, to the Oklahoma State Board of Education. And uh, Ryan Walters is the name of the Oklahoma Secretary of Education. He writes, I am asking the State Board of Education for an emergency special board meeting this week to address the Stillwater Public School Board's complete avoidance of their elected duty to protect, educate, and oversee the care of our most important asset, our children. Since the Stillwater Public School Board has neglected to do this, I'm asking the Oklahoma State Board of Education to give crystal clear guidance that boys use the boys' restroom and girls use the girls' restroom. It could, I could not be more disappointed in the Stillwater Public School Board after they had heard from parents, teachers, and leaders across the state and country asking them to stop playing this woke gamesmanship. Our kids need better role models, and it is disappointing that the board members of the Stillwater Public Schools did not pay attention in their biology classes, and they need further instruction on what a male and a female are. Both myself and the Attorney General have tried to offer them a common-sense solution. Have males use the male bathroom. Females use the female restroom. I don't know how much more clarity I can give them. Special accommodations have been made for students struggling with gender dysphoria in the past, allowing them to use private bathrooms that every school has. Instead of using common sense, the Stillwater Public School Board has caved to far-left radicals. Our schools should be focused on educating kids in reading, writing, and, mathema- and mathematics, and not involving themselves in a role that is not within their authority. There are basic values that we as Oklahomans strive to live by. Chief among them is the desire to put our children's safety first. The Stillwater Public Board uh, School Board has failed to put their children first, and I need you to guide them back to reality. Perhaps you can succeed in giving Stillwater Public School Board the clarity they so desperately need. Again, what I'm asking you for is to instruct the Stillwater Public School Board on what a male and female are. That's fantastic. The author is Ryan Walters. He is the Oklahoma Secretary of Education. Ryan. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me on today, Glenn. You, you This is epic. I love this. Um, I'm sensing there was a little... You were a little peeved when you wrote this. Uh, I, I was, and I still am. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I have sent them, uh, I sent them a letter a few weeks ago. I thought they could solve this. I told them not to put radicals over their students, not to put ideology over biology, and not to put wokeness over safety. We've had school, we've had parents, grandparents showing up at school board meetings talking about that we have girls in the school that are telling their parents they're not drinking any liquid during the day because they don't want to go to the bathroom because there's males in the female bathroom and they are uncomfortable. We're talking about middle school girls, Glenn, Mm -hmm. 
this is not hard. It's not difficult. But we've got a far left extreme group that is showing up and getting in the ear of these school board members. And again, they're, they're caving to them rather than putting student safety first. And we're not going to tolerate it in the state of Oklahoma. I tell you, you couple this with just CSE. I don't know if that's in schools in Oklahoma, but you couple this with CSE and uh, your kids in middle school are all screwed up and hypersexualized, and it's going to be a disaster. Right. And I mean, and that's the thing. And when I talk to parents across the state, parents want the reading, writing, arithmetic. We want our kids to go to school and a focus on academics. We want better for our kids. We want them to have opportunities in life that comes from that understanding of our academics um, standards. But this whole nonsense of pushing in radical extremism under the form of CRT or this hypersexualized curriculum, it is it's not going to happen. I mean, we're, we're going to continue to fight on this front. We have to stand up. And I have gotten hundreds of emails and phone calls from parents, you know, uh, asking for, for, for more help on, hey, we're speaking up. We're showing up at school board meetings. And this is still going on. And we have to take a stand. We have to stand with families and say, your child is not going to go to school and face indoctrination. We're just not going to allow it. I have to tell you, I wish, uh, I wish Texas was as bold as you are. Um, right now, but unfortunately, Texas, I think, is asleep at the switch in many ways. Um, the Do you have SEL being in, in uh, incorporated into your schools now? Social, so emotional taking, learning? Yes, sir. That's something we're taking a look at. Um, we're starting to look back through our textbooks and look back through what's actually going on. I've got a, a stack of complaints and issues from parents that I'm sifting through. We've got parents that, again, are, are doing a great job here of being engaged, and they've been sending me stuff, and we're digging into this because, again, you've seen these national groups that are sticking all this in curriculum. And, again, what in the world are we talking about all this stuff in a math class? It has absolutely no place for it. I'm going to tell you something no. else, Glenn. You know, we're, we're a conservative state here. I've got teachers that send me this stuff going, you won't believe this. They, I just got this curriculum and told I need to teach this in my class. This isn't math. This is not what I signed up for. And so, yeah, we, I, I've been getting it from parents and teachers sending me this curriculum going, hey, what is this? And so we are doing a deep dive. Uh, Governor Stitt and I are very committed to ensuring that our students are getting academics and not indoctrination in our schools. So we are actively taking a look at all those materials and what's available and making sure parents have that transparency that they deserve um, and seeing what's being taught in their schools. And again, you send your kid to school you're expecting them to learn that those academic standards, not to be part of a social experiment by the far left. So, Ryan, when I I did a special last night on SEL, and uh, I found that it really started through the CDC and then through the uh, Department of Education down into our schools. All these radical groups are involved in it. Um, the unions are involved in it. What is the solution here? I mean, I I think I think a the uh, the board of or not the board of education the um, uh, the department of education needs to be abolished. It needs to go to the states, and the states need to uh, take care of it, not the national, because the federal government is just corrupt through and through with all of this stuff. Also, I think everything shows me that the schools, the teachers' unions, they may not be involved in the local level, but they are involved up at the top in a big way. What is the solution? What's the biggest problem that we should be aiming for? 
Absolutely. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you three things going. First of all, you're spot on. Isn't it amazing how many problems we have in education that come from the feds? The Federal Department of Education should have nothing to do with the states. We don't need it. They're not helpful in any way, shape, or form. All they do is find a new social experiment. It was Common Core, and then it was CRT, yep. and now it's all this over-sexualization. It, it, that is all that, they, that we've gotten from them. There's no help, to your point. It, they cause more problems. They don't need to be involved. That's why Article, uh, you know, Amendment 10 of the Constitution reserves powers to the states, and that's where education should yep. be wholly located. Yep. And so that's where we, we've got to get back to that, um, number one. Number two, We've got to have school choice. I mean, that's something I, I'm a champion for school choice because at the end of the day, you've got to empower a parent to say, I want to send my kid to this school. I want to, if you're going to do this in this school, we're taking the money and we're going to go to another school. And, and that is really the way to empower parents. And by the way, that's why the Biden administration is attacking charter schools now. Right. They, they, I mean, the Biden administration, they force indoctrination. And then they say, and by the way, you can't opt out of it. You don't have another choice. So that's part of this bigger national plan there. And so we absolutely have to have school choice. We have to get the feds out of education. And lastly, we've got to have transparency so that parents can actually see what's being taught in the school, have that relationship with the teachers and the school board. And, you know, that's one of the things we want to see is school boards that are actually very open with what's being taught in their schools. Again, going my background is I'm a former public school teacher. And you know what? Every time I have a parent that wanted to talk to me or wanted to, to work with me on their kid's education, I always thank them. There's nothing better for a kid's success than an engaged parent. I know. It is outrageous that you've got a federal department of education and a president that act like it's a problem for parents to be at school board meetings. It is absolutely outrageous. Uh, we have to keep parents engaged and we need to be finding ways to get them more engaged. I, I will tell you that I, I've had uh, teachers actually tell me, uh, Mr. Beck, we've got this covered. When I asked for, tell me the books that you're going to be reading. Do you have an extra textbook I can bring at home and work with them so I know where you are? You know, let me help. Uh, and they just scoffed at me. We, we have this, Mr. Beck. I'm like, really? Because you work for me. I don't work for you. You are to supplement me, not the other way around. It, it's unbelievable. It, it, a good teacher, and again, you know, I, I work with teachers every day. Good teachers say, absolutely, parents, come on. You know, here's what we're doing. Here's things you can do at home. Here's things to reinforce what we're learning. I mean, I'm a history teacher, Glenn. If my kids go home and mom and dad are going over World War II with them and asking them about what we covered in class and, and, and are showing the kids that, hey, what you're learning in school is important and, and we want to be a part of it, I'm telling you, there's nothing better in an educational experience than to have a parent like that. So I have, it is outrageous that we wouldn't have that approach in all of education to include parents, grandparents in their kids' education. I mean, we all know the family unit is what's central to our society. We need to be ensuring that those conversations are happening. And that's where, again, I want the conversation around the kitchen table to be about school choice, what school's best for you, but about what's going on in your school. What are you learning about? Let's get it all out here on the table. Let's talk about it. That should be the type of behavior we're encouraging rather than labeling parents that show up at school board meetings, domestic terrorists, and trying to make it tougher for charter schools around the state so parents have less choices. Every good teacher I've ever met uh, has always said, my gosh, we're so glad that you and others uh, are showing up to these things. You're talking to your kids. We're so grateful because so many parents are disengaged. We've gone from that to parents need to shut up and sit down. We've got it. And that's so dangerous. 
Ryan, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for uh, thank you so much for your frank words and uh, standing uh, true to American values. Oklahoma Secretary of Education. His name is Ryan Walters. Our sponsor this half hour is Relief Factor. Henry wrote in about his experience and he said, I was having periodical uh, lower back spasms. Medications, therapy wasn't helping. In desperation, I gave Relief Factor a try. To my surprise, it worked, Henry. I I felt exactly the same way. I'm like, this is not going to work. I mean, this boob on the radio talks about it all the time. How good can it be? I know that was me. He says, I have no discomfort at all now for months. Thank you for Relief Factor. Henry, thank you for giving it a shot. shot. 70% of the people who try it go on to order more month after month. It doesn't work for everybody, but it attacks inflammation, which is the major cause of all of our problems in our body, four different ways. Relief Factor, 30% now, 70%, yes. See if you're part of that 70% that can get your life back. Call 800, the number 4-RELIEF, 800-4-RELIEF, or relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. Feel the difference. The Glenn Beck Program. Miss a day, miss a lot. Visit blazetv.com today and never miss a moment of truth. Well, I have to, I have to tell you, you know, I didn't have uh, confidence in the New York Times until I saw the new executive editor of the New York Times uh, in his sexy profile. You yeah. seen this picture? Yeah, there he is. Damn sexy. Yeah. I don't even understand what that is. He's sitting on the ground with the newspaper uh, kind of spread out in his socks like, hey, here are my turn ons and turn offs. It is, I think. In context, one of the strangest pictures I've ever seen. Uh, I said the reason why it's so disturbing is because this is exactly the scene that I would tell my daughters. When you go to work, if you see that, nothing good is coming from it. Turn around and walk (laughs) out of the office. exactly right. Right? You just start tweeting me too as soon as you walk into that room. You walk into that room and you're like, nope, uh -uh, turn around, go out. Now, like if he was, I don't know, if he was... You know, Vidal Sassoon, right? He's like the, he, right? Like if he was running a hair product company or right. a fashion, you know, <laughs> sure. like, okay, maybe Ralph Lauren, I, right? Ralph Lauren, you walk in, yeah. I, okay, maybe like the guy who's running the New York Times. What the hell kind of can you imagine that? being in a meeting where he is talking to anybody in the New York Times about journalistic integrity? <laughs> All you'd think of is that. Well, why would they be talking in the New York Times about journalistic yeah, integrity? Know, why would that ever co- that topic would never breach the doors? Could could I just touch on Kamala Harris delivering the oh, yes. explanation of space to the adult members of the <laughs> Space Force? Listen to this. Space is exciting. Okay. It spurs <laughs> our imaginations. And it forces us to ask big questions like why are you here space it affects us all Mm. and it connects us all oh man we are definitely making a new veep thoughts out of that thing. oh we have to veep thoughts.com it'll be up there later today i mean this is crazy (laughs) this is 
Sarah. Sarah Gonzalez. Yeah, she had a great point about this, which was like, basically, this is what happens when you have a book report due and you need to make a speech about it and you didn't actually do the book report. It would be like if you were assigned uh, to uh, to do a paper on the Depression Mm -hmm. and you didn't do any work and you had to (laughs) you had to speak about it in class. You'd be like the Depression. We all know it was really bad and depressing and things were depressed and it was it was a time mm. uh that was bad and well uh, i mean in case i was supposed to study the other kind of depression that's bad and is happening a lot too, too right that <laughs> both of them right. are bad both are bad is that a coincidence yeah it is makes it? us think deep thoughts yeah Oh, my gosh. Uh, You know, I will say, Glenn, it's like the passage of time. Mm. The passage of time is significant. It is significant. What what is significant is the The passage passage of of time. time. And that's why the the time when it passes is so significant. significant. Especially in space. Right. (laughs) Well, I'm sorry to say it has been so significant in the last three hours that we've had together. But time has passed and so now our voice is just traveling lonely in space asking deep thoughts this is the glenn back program